Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from Crossway Church here in Nashua, New Hampshire. And today we're on day 18 of a 40-day journey where we're learning and praying about how to cultivate greater spiritual freedom. We focused the first series of episodes on the inward journey, and now we're spending the next week or so journeying outward, allowing the work of the God is doing within us to impact those around us. And the journey outward is what I'm calling Psalm 23, Ministry. And each day we're reading and praying through this beloved passage of scripture and listening for how God might teach us to serve him in the way and pattern of the great shepherd. Last time I introduced you to what Dallas Willard calls the triangle of sufficiency built on Psalm 23, verse 1, that God is my shepherd and in him I lack nothing. It's the dynamic for how we can actually experience a life without lack that is available because God's kingdom is among us. So today we're going to look a little bit more deeply at the first side of this triangle, humility. And to do so, let me first pray Psalm 23 over you. And then we'll read a couple of passages of scripture on humility. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I never forget Dallas Willard sharing that he imagines God's goodness and mercy being like two little dogs that just follow you around from room to room. And as a dog lover, I agree. I'm not quite sure where cats fit into this psalm, though. Well, let's listen to some of Jesus' words on humility, and I admit I might be wrong about cats, so forgiveness for any cat lovers out there. Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We access the sufficiency of the Trinity through humility because humility is central to the very nature of who God is. Then in Matthew 18, 1 through 5, Jesus says, At that time, the disciples came to him and Jesus asked them, 
And they asked Jesus, rather, who is the greatest in the kingdom of the heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. So how might we change and become humble like a child, like Jesus, to experience a life that lacks nothing? Here's some more of my research on humility, drawing from Willard's Life Without Lack and his biography, which is beautifully written by one of my professors, Gary Moon, entitled Becoming Dallas Willard. Willard writes that humility is the beautiful condition of people who have learned to surrender their desires, their glory, and their power. I love that. The beautiful condition is what humility is of people who have learned to surrender their desires, their glory, and their power. For this reason, Willard likens humility as the fruit that comes from having died to ourselves. Now notice, Willard does not say humility is death of self, but death to self. And this distinction is vital to maintain because death to self is not ultimately a negation, Willard says, but a rising up to the very life of God. Humility, in other words, is not getting rid of yourself because you were put here to be a self as you make the grace-fueled movement from the old self to the new. So humility, as we want to cultivate this, and cultivating this, it allows us to have greater sufficiency. Greater sufficiency will help us to do ministry more fully. Humility begins with the death to self. And at the core of dying to self on a daily basis is submitting all your desires to God. All of them. Much easier said than done, for sure. But by nature, human desire is infinite. It is infinite, as Willard contends, because we were made by God, for God, made to need God, and made to run on God. Not Duncan's, just uh, for all my New Englanders here. uh, as It says, no, we were made to run on God. We can only be satisfied, Willard says, by the one who is infinite, eternal, and able to supply all our needs. We are only at home in God. We are only at home in God, he says. That deep longing for home just wells up within me as I hear those words. Yet when we fall away from God, our infinite desires still remain. When life is driven too forcefully forcefully by self-obsessive desires, it will ultimately lead to our downfall. Therefore, the cross When Jesus says, take up your cross, at least in part, it means the acceptance of limitation on desire. We don't allow our desires to drive how we live all of our lives, all of the decisions we make. Because as we as human beings are so prone to resist any limitations, we must, as Willard counsels, turn routinely in prayer to give up our desires to God by saying, Lord, 
you can have anything. Maybe right now I just invite you to pray that. Lord, you can have anything. Let's try that once more. Lord, you can have anything. And as we do this, Willard believes we will discover freedom from the many values that can easily control us, like needing recognition from others and discovering newfound liberation in the grip of deep happiness that comes to the person who has been liberated from the domination of desire. Earlier in our podcast, we talked about finding freedom from and experiencing freedom for. And this is what Willard's talking about. As we die to self, submitting our desires to God, we can die from the need to be recognized from others, liked on social media. And as we experience freedom from that, we can discover the freedom for the liberation that God desires for us, as Willard describes it as the grip of a deep happiness that comes to the person who has been liberated from the domination of our misplaced, uncontrolled desires. So dying to self is the gateway to discovering one's true self. Now, a vision of the humble life was not merely recorded in Willard's writings, but through a little biographical sketch, it was captured through his real life. In concert with the grace of God, Willard disciplined himself to put to death what he called the inadequate self. Love that. Put to death the inadequate self by throwing himself into the love of the Father. Yet Willard did not only throw himself into the love of the Father willingly, but through a lot of the unwanted hardships and realities of his life. I loved what he was fond of saying. God's address is at the end of your rope.com. Maybe you're kind of feeling like you are at the end of your rope. That is where we can find God. Don't look to self. Look to him right now. God's address is at the end of your rope.com, Willard said. Now from a childhood filled with suffering, loss, and dislocation that really began with the untimely death of his mother at all too early of an age, Dallas developed a pain-filled yet powerful foundation of humility. These experiences likely led him to be what Gary Moon describes as a homing device for those who were experiencing deep pain and suffering. His friend Kenny Walker once mentioned to Dallas his disbelief in how many people went to him for, for counseling. Dallas's reply caught him off guard. But where do I go? He responded. This led Kenny to think that in spite of all the people around him, this man may feel all alone in the world. And perhaps the hidden pain and loneliness that Dallas experienced, possibly through his entire life, was a crucible of suffering, giving birth to a profound sense of humility. And just to pause and to talk about that for a moment, ministry and suffering go together. As we live this journey outward, undoubtedly suffering is going to come across our paths. We're going to be treated in ways that perhaps we don't deserve, but that happened exactly to Jesus as well. And we can find solidarity with him, solidarity that humbles us and also at the same time empowers us for greater ministry fruitfulness.
Back to Willard. Like most people, he battled with the common vices of vanity and pride. In a 1997 address at Wheaton College in Illinois, he confessed to knowing intimately the acts of lying, cheating, putting up facades, and managing his relationships in such a way that people would not be able to know the real him. He even said that he had been as egocentric as a peacock, that he had been so vain that their ears itched to hear some pleasant word being spoken about them. Yet through arranging his life to easily and routinely experience the presence of God and learning from difficulties, Dallas made great progress throughout his life in humility. But surrendering his will to God's was far from easy for Dallas, though. He once said, the surest way to know that you haven't surrendered what you haven't surrendered to God or that you haven't surrendered to God is to consider what you're worrying about. Let me read that once more. The surest way to know that you haven't surrendered to Jesus is to consider what you're worrying about. And for Willard, that was his son, John. But by the grace of God, he was able to do it. Dallas's life helps each of us see that the possibility of a humble life is available to all of us in Christ. Maybe your circumstances or the travails of our world right now that we continue to watch and read about in the news which breaks our hearts and can inflame worry within us is an invitation for each one of us to meet God at theendofyourrope.com. Perhaps God is inviting you as you consider responding to his call to ministry to reflect on what you're worrying about right now. Maybe take some time to do that once this is over. Surrender, it leads to humility. Humility to sufficiency. Sufficiency to freedom. And freedom for getting heaven into people. We'll see you next time as we look at the second side of the triangle faith or trust. And as you go, may you know that the Lord is your shepherd and you lack nothing. Grace and peace.